Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the It Isn't For Everyone show where we bring you top performers, the top 1% people who are the best at what they do. This show is sponsored by Hive Mind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the hive mind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. On today's episode, we're going to teach you how to build a business from the ground up to even billionaire status. If you want to make six figures, seven figures, eight figures, nine, and even to the billionaire level, we're going to show you exactly how to do that and how we think about that. Because I got my boy, man. I got my boy, Daniel Martinez, co-founder of Hive Mind CRM. What's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. I don't know if I can follow that intro. I mean, I have a lot to live up to. (laughs) Look, I met Daniel. I think I tweeted out. I don't know if I tweeted or just put on Facebook. I said, I need a SaaS idea because these SaaS guys are killing the game. And for you guys who don't know what a SaaS is, it's a software as a service. And so then he reached out to me and said, hey, we got a SaaS. Like, (laughs) what do you want to know? What do you want to do? And that's what top performers do. They're always in the marketplace looking, talking, communicating, and figuring things out. And so let's just start off with an organic conversation. Daniel, tell them how you tell them. Tell you how you got rich. Tell them how you make your money. Um, so I always like I always like telling this because I used to be a truck driver back in the day. So very blue collar. Uh, don't let the cowboy hat fool you. I, I used to load. I used to be a forklift operator even before that. I used to load trucks. I drive trucks. Still have my CDL. Uh, I used to drive uh, fifty three foot runners and uh, doubles. So that's where I started. And then I got into. Uh, I was actually listening to a mutual friend of ours on Twitter, Charles Todd Billy, right here. Mm-hmm. Todd Millionaire. Millie. Todd Millionaire. Todd Billionaire. He's billionaire now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and him and uh, Wealth Squad, Chris Johnson, they were talking about uh, digital products. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave me the bug of digital products, digital products, digital projects, and um, what can you do with digital products? Mm-hmm. So I, I was already in the midst of starting my, my first business, which was a trucking business, because I already had a CDL. And I wanted to just – a lot of people don't know what, what you want to do first. And I, like, I already had the skill set of CDL. I knew, the, I knew about the business but didn't know nothing about business. So I had like a whole like – through the ring, you're learning about business that there's more, instead of, you might not know how to, you might know how to do the business, but there's a whole business aspect to the other side of it yeah. that, man, I, I went through the ringer on it. So I learned a lot through that transition. And then I was looking for a digital product. I got into real estate and opportunity came up to start a SaaS company. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is interesting. So yeah. went from trucking to real estate to SaaS. And then now we're starting a fund mm-hmm. in the next 60 days. Mm-hmm. Let's. So, so All right. it's, it's a long journey, but it's been six years in the making, so no overnight successes here. Yeah, so we're going to we're gonna get there because we're going to get some sauce on 
how to take it to that level. And I didn't want to talk about this sauce, but we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to give people the information so they can escape the matrix. But talk about which part of the business you started first, because when I first came in and you guys hired me to speak and I was like, yo, this is a really great CRM. If you don't have a CRM, you're not even doing business. And That's if right. you need a great CRM, use HiveMind CRM, where you're able to send thousands of emails, you're able to do call drops, you're able to send texts and all of that stuff in one place. And I was just like, yo, this is amazing. This is a billion dollar idea. But then came to find out it was a lead generator for a community that were doing real estate. Now, people, when they say you're in real estate, it could be just buying houses. It can be this. So talk about how many ways you can make money in real estate and then talk about what you guys do in real estate <coughs> and what you teach in real estate. So my our niche is a land game, hence the cowboy hat and mm-hmm. the, the, the apparel I'm wearing. So <laughs> I, I really dig into the niche that way. And it's, uh, it's, it's such a cool, um, underrated niche in real estate. So a lot of people talk about real estate, but there's so many like subsets and sub genres of real estate from most people think you need there's rentals and the popular ones are rentals, single family, property management, Airbnb. and multifamily, Airbnb, mm-hmm. which those are all subsets of, of real estate. But there's also like sub niches of financing. There's funds. There's land, commercial, triple net leases, all the like different type of storage, all these different like sub asset classes that, that go into yeah. it. So like you can dive into any niche. And kind of build your own following and learn the different how to underwrite a commercial deal, how to underwrite a, a single single family deal, how to underwrite an Airbnb. Like you can choose like any niche in real estate, and there's so many of them. And I think a lot of people they go down the agent route, which I've never been an agent. I don't recommend becoming an agent, but it's just one of those things. Like there's more there's more opportunity out there than just becoming an agent. Why do people become agents? It's like, like I guess. Before I knew what I knew from what you taught me in real estate, there's so many ways to make real estate, even if you don't have any money. Why do people just jump in to to be an agent? I never really understood that. A lot of people think it's the easiest path to progress. So they everybody knows an agent. Yeah. I mean, like their cousin's an agent, my aunt's an agent. Yeah. Oh, you need an agent? I have a, my sister's an agent. Like yeah. everybody knows an agent. You could probably think of five agents in your family, mm-hmm. in your direct family and friends. So everybody knows an agent. So that's the everybody thinks that's the way to get into real estate. Yeah. So everybody goes the agent route. You come, you find a brokerage, you go take your your test, yeah. you find a brokerage you can sign up with, and then you start listing houses yeah. or finding rentals or showing rentals. Like everybody thinks that's the only way to do it, but there's so many other ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many ways you can make money in real estate, investing, different stuff. And it's, we're not bashing agents or anything. One of my friends is a millionaire as an agent, uh, Adam. And uh, Adam, I owe you money. I'm going to pay you that money, brother. Um <laughs> Um, so talk about what you guys do uh, in real estate, because I remember when I first met you, you kind of explained to me how you made money. But I realized like when you buy an asset, the a- it, what makes it an asset is that it cash flows. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to buy a property, it needs to cash flow. If you're going to buy a business like I'm doing, it needs to cash flow. But I was like, land, how do you cash flow land? It's just a piece of land. So explain why you got into land and, you know, how do you guys make land profitable? Uh, It's it's such a great question. So um, uh, I kind of fell into land. Uh, Me and my partner, Anthony, we we we've took the same real estate course, which everybody like knocks courses and 
don't pay gurus for courses. Like that's how I got into the real yeah, estate that's game. How you learn. That's how. That's how. That's why I learned. I mean, yeah. pe- people will spend ten ten thousand dollars on a degree, but they won't spend two hundred but two hundred bucks on a course. Mm-hmm. Like go, go get a course. Um, even if it's bad, you'll learn something good or bad. You'll learn something from it. Mm-hmm. So um, I bought it. It was like two hundred fifty bucks at the time. I bought a course from. Uh, he was nineteen year old at the time. Yeah. I was twenty five. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning from somebody younger than me. Sometimes you gotta put your ego out of the way. But he was doing something that I, I mean seemed to work out so i'm like let me take the course so i took the course and i tried houses for months i contracted a bunch of houses a bunch of deals fell through just wouldn't work out and i was networking with anthony anthony's like dude just try land and anthony got into he took that course because he wanted to acquire land like he he was looking for land so that's why he found like the land niche so he's like just try land see what happens so i, I put out a I, not me i wasn't as technical as i was then as far as like tech savvy but i got a website up using a website builder and I, I Googled how to use uh, Google ads <laughs> on YouTube uh-huh. and you learn like everything you need to know and want to know is on YouTube. You just got to learn the right keywords to search. Mm-hmm. It's a fact right there. YouTube is your mother. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, 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 I learned how to do Google ads, the simplest form, never done it since, but I ran Google ads for my website. I uh, had a lady come in. She owned a property in Florida. I was living in Atlanta at the time. And uh, she owned like a little 5,000 square foot lot, a little tiny lot, worthless, passed by thousands of them if you live in Florida. Yeah. There's everywhere, right? So um, she's like, I got, I'm getting citations from the county because people are dumping on this vacant lot that I have. Can you help me out? I'm like, yeah, I think I can help you out. And mind you, this lead came in through PPC, which is pay-per-click ads through Google. She filled out a formal website. I am not a sales guy. Yeah. I can, five years ago when I started real estate, I was not – this person in front of the camera you see right now 100 i grew into this person so this is the other thing don't put too much pressure on yourself early because you grow into new things yes. man you grow you you evolve over time so um i emailed emailed this lady like 15 times we conversed she's like i, I kind of figured out what comps were back then like everybody knows about comps you figure out comparable sales i guess it was worth about twenty thousand dollars and when you learn real estate as far as from that course you find a undervalued asset and you sell it undervalued to somebody else and you make that spread so i guessed it was worth about twenty thousand i'm like if i can get this thing for five i know i can sell this thing for twelve to fifteen thousand dollars and it's worth twenty so they're they're getting a five thousand dollar value i mean that's a huge value for them i should find a buyer quick so I offered her $4,236.33. Just kind of made up a number. And that's what I learned off of some sales strategy on YouTube or something. Yeah. <laughs> you just make up a number and make an offer. And uh, she said, she's like, can you just do 5000 And I'm like, yes, yes, I can do 5000 That's that moment where you got to pretend. Like, <laughs> I remember I got my first speaking gig for like $11,000. And they were like, we're sorry, but our budget is 11000 Is Is that okay with you? And I was like. I'll make it work. I was like. Give me a moment. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, we could do that. Actually, we'll do 10-5 so you can have a little bit of room on your budget. But yeah, that's that's when you get that first deal, that always happens. But there's money out there, man, and people pay it. Yeah. So she she said she said eight to five thousand. I'm like, all right. So I put it on Facebook Marketplace. I found a buyer in two weeks for twelve. Never talked to the buyer, never talked to the seller, got a contract signed, sent it to escrow, and then I got a check two weeks later for Six grand after closing costs. And then this, the rest has been evolution from there, just kind of evolving over time, finding different strategies to yeah. uh, to answer your second question as far as cash flowing land. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why I like land as an asset class, and for everybody here, like I've been in the land space 
for five years. I have done like zero house deals. I mean, I've done one house deal. I, I seller financed my house yeah. that I bought my own from my own mortgage, but that's another story. But um, we'll get into seller's finance. <laughs> we'll get, <laughs> we'll we'll get, get into seller finance. But um, yeah, so uh, I had a, where was I going with this? Um, uh, cash flowing land. Oh, cash flowing land. Okay. So we had a, we had a deal uh, come about two years ago and uh, a guy, he wanted $15,000 for this lot. We thought it, we think, thought it was about 30. So like, man, 50, 50 cents on the dollar. $15,000 is a lot of money. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, that's that's a six months, to eight months of salary for some yeah. people, you know? So my partner's like, nah, let him go. So uh, we we, uh, we came back. Uh, he came back 90 days later, circled back, and he's like, uh, uh, I need $15,000. So my partner originally offered him eight. Mm -hmm. So he came back, and he's like, you know what? I'll just take eight. So we offered him eight. And uh, what we did was he sold, we put that deal on Facebook Marketplace for $8,000 down, 500 a month for five years. So the eight thousand dollars the buyer gave us, she gave us straight to the seller. Now we collect five hundred a month on a vacant lot that worth forty grand. I mean, we never sell a lot, so there's a lot of opportunity out there. So land, it doesn't cash flow. People that own it usually own it free and clear, so there's a lot of equity in it. Yeah. And then people that have it, it's really hard to move and sell it because there's always like, if the property's worth a hundred grand, it's really hard to sell it for a hundred grand because everybody wants a deal. If they come in cash. Cash buyers are coming to buy that thing for forty or fifty thousand yeah. dollars. So if you can sell or finance it for a hundred percent, because the banks won't lend on it, and you become the bank, that's how you can sell and get your full asking price yeah. for your asset. Mm -hmm. So all we do is we find cheap property, we sell or finance it, and that's how we make cash flow land. We make land cash flow, and we just cut spreads on that on the debt. So when I came to speak at the Hive Mind Annual Event, the first one during um, before I went on stage, you said, "Come up to the room." I go in the room and there's deals happening in the room. And it's like, when you hear about deals, it's literally just people communicating money. Like, how, where can we send money so we can arbitrage money, blah, blah, blah. And someone was writing like a $50,000 check. And then uh, Aunt Anthony, shout out Anthony, was like, look, that's a 50000 check right there for a land deal that we're doing and da-da-da. And this deal we're doing over here. So let's break down kind of the structure of these deals. if. I'm someone who goes, all right, I just heard Daniel talk about making money, flipping land or cash flowing land. I don't have any money, but I want to jump in these deals. Um, how can they do that? And how does it work? How do they find a buyer? How do they find a deal? And then how do they actually uh, make it happen? Because it's really easy. It just sounds difficult, mm -hmm. but it's easy. And it's just a numbers game. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work uh, but you're making thousands of dollars it's a lot of work though it's a lot of work a lot of people i mean the the riches are made behind the the work you got to do and sometimes you got to work for hours and not make money like for, for instance it took me seven months to get that deal with that land deal seven wow. months yeah. i grinded 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 I, ha I had another business at the time i worked that whole business and then i was doing that on the side to as a side hustle type thing mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to get that, that deal. And it was like, you get that proof of concept going, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of effort. There's a lot of moving parts. There's, um, there's a lot of things. So um, the basics, 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 we're going to break this down to the ABC level for everybody to hear and understand. Um, leads, leads are generated through marketing. You pull a list, you set up some type of marketing and marketing could be emails, text, a website like I did. Um, it could be ringless voicemails. It could be a website. It could be word of mouth. It could be networking. It could be door knocking. It could be direct mail. It could be sending little postcards. I got one of my uh, earlier leads I had. I literally, my wife had cardstock. Mm -hmm. 
I went and printed out the cardstock, cut it with the little paper yeah. cutter, and I put my own little stamp on it. Yeah. You know, and that was that was something I did early on. Like I was I was using my wife's cardstock because she was a crafter. She's a, she's a crafty person. So and Lee's are just finding people who want to buy your stuff or the people you need to people that want to sell their property people who want to sell their property is leads in this business yep in this business so in every business it's all it's all about leads leads to to conversions conversions to reviews reviews will get you more leads it's all business it's all businesses simplest form so in real estate you need a way to market to sellers and then you bring in those leads you have conversations with sellers um, there's a guy in, in real estate who says, uh, talk to people. That's all you got to do. Mm -hmm. Talk to people. The business is all about having conversations. Talk to as many sellers as, as you can. Talk to agents. Uh, right now, we're picking off deals off the MLS. Literally, we're not even talking to agents, uh, sellers directly. Mm -hmm. We're picking off deals off the MLS. So you can literally call agents, mm -hmm. but that they represent a seller. So just talk to people that have property, whether they're an agent or sellers. Have conversations. Negotiate on price don't be afraid of asking for a low ball price mm -hmm. some people have different motivations and they'll say yes yeah. if you send them a postcard there's a whole like niche of people in land investing that all they do is they look at the tax value if it's a hundred thousand dollars they send out a thousand letters offer letters to a thousand properties that are a hundred thousand dollars or less and they just make a 20 percent offer yeah and then they get contracts back it's not very complicated you just point it's just point and shoot and wait for it to come back so you got to do the marketing, get conversions, have conversations with sellers, whether that's through direct mail or over the phone or through text. Yeah. However you're going to do that, and then get the contract, send it to escrow title company. The title company represents you, the buyer, and the seller in, the, in that transaction as an independent third party. And then you go find a buyer that's going to pay you more and piece it all together. Yeah. So I'm new to this. I'm lead Jenin. There's two ways to get leads, uh, either outbound or inbound, right? So outbound is all the, usually what you got to do, you don't have any money. You're calling, cold calling, you're texting, you're doing emails, which that's what I got really good at was cold emails. Or you can do inbound. Sometimes inbound comes later because a lot of people have like, they don't want to seem like they're kind of faking it. They're like, I haven't done a deal, so I don't want to make YouTubes and social media posts yep. about deals until I've done a deal. So Usually inbound comes later. Then you get leads on the phone. When you get people on the phone, kind of, you know, what do you say? You just say, hey, are you selling your property? What What do you want to establish there usually? So usually we're trying to get some type of pre-qualification before we even get on the phone. So if we're, send, let's say, for instance, we're sending direct mail or even email, mm -hmm. they responded, they they've voiced some type of, in some way, signaled to you that they want to sell their property, yeah. just like you do with your cold outreach. Yeah. Cold outreach, as soon as they respond, boom, hey, this is a lead. Now let's have a conversation. Yeah. So as soon as they respond back to your, your outbound marketing, then you have a conversation. Hey, how are you doing? What's your name? Yeah. Roy? Roy. Okay. Tell me a little about uh, some people that jump straight, straight into the sales. Like it's all based on your sales strategy, but a lot of it's just having a conversation. Can you tell me a little bit more about your situation? Mm -hmm. How'd you get the property? Oh, we've owned it for 100 years. This is my Aunt Billy Bob passed it down yeah. and he had kids and goats and this was originally a, a hay farm and you, they go they jump down all these different things and you just have a conversation yeah. it builds rapport with that seller and then you ask them like well how much are you looking for this property well the neighbor down the street sold their property for such and such and we're just looking to get the same price well i don't know if we can get that price i mean i, I mean i can talk to the underwriting team and you're never never the decision maker but you hey yeah. let, let me see if we can get you that price 
Right now we're just having a conversation. How soon are you looking to close? Well, I'm not in no hurry to close. It's just something we just want to get transition on. I'm not getting any younger and just have a conversation with yeah. them. And then get a, you get a number out of them. Hey, if that works, negotiate down anyway because you don't want to take them on the on their on their first offer. Yeah. <laughs> because they don't think they're leaving money on the table. So, there's a lot of sales strategies that come with this. This is where like people that originally from sales, like they're killers when they get into real estate. Yeah. Because they already know the sales strategy and conversation. Mm-hmm. They just need to learn about real estate. Yeah. So if you're already killing it in sales, real estate is very easy for you. It's it's almost like second nature because yeah. you and, already have that training. And sales sound like scary, but it really is just uh, the way I reframe it. It's just you're having a communication with someone, right? Yep. And one thing I do, and when I get people on the phone, I just you know shoot the shit for a second. Like, yep. where do you live? And you, if they're on the East Coast, I'm like, sorry to hear that. You have bad weather. I'm in Cali. It's 80 degrees. Like, you know, you shoot the shit. Yep. And then I just ask them the question based on their outcome. I'm like, hey, if we were having this uh, conversation after we had a successful deal and you were looking back uh, on that deal, what needs to be happen for you to be happy with the deal? Yep. And what happens is they're thinking about how much money they want to make, um, how the process is going to go to them. And they're telling you if it happened perfectly in their eyes, how would it happen? And then that's telling you like, okay, this is what I need to do to make it look good for them so that they get a good deal, right? Yep. So they feel like they got a good deal. Also, when they're thinking about that, they are creating a future that has you in it. Because I said, if we were having this conversation after. So they're basically saying yes when they answer the question. And then I just, whatever problems are there, you fix those problems. So that's sales, right? There's kind of three ways to to make money in business. You have a service. This is like the service side. You could build this up to a six-figure level. Then you have digital digital products and physical products. So, so tell us about after you were doing that and started building that up, then where did business go? Did you go straight into the CRM? Did you build a community first? Kind of what happened next? So so um, after we did the land thing for a little bit, um, we had the opportunity for the CRM side, which is a SaaS product. Mm-hmm. And it, I was always looking for something, di- a digital service, like I mentioned with uh, Todd Billy and Well Squad, uh, Chris Johnson. So... I was always looking for something to amplify because I was I came out of that trucking business, which is a very physical product, physical service business. Yeah. I'm capped out based off of the It's not scalable. It's not scalable. I can't replicate that because it's literally I have one truck, one trailer, one driver. If the driver calls in sick, guess who's not making money? Exactly. Neither of us. Yeah. So um, I was looking for something scalable and, and replicatable. So SaaS is is huge when it comes to replication because you get the amplification of clients. Like I can have 100 clients today and 1,000 clients tomorrow, and the only thing that's going to affect is my customer service. Yeah. I can have, I have instant deliverability, instant capability to receive and deliver those the product and services. I just may have a customer service delay from going from 100 clients today to 1,000 tomorrow. Yeah. So, and I can I can fix that problem quickly if that if it came in waves like that. Yeah. But with physical with physical products, you have inventory, you have shipping, you have logistics, you have supply, you have supply demand. Black Friday sale, you sell out. Yeah. Like there's this whole like ebb and flow of like digital products, and like, I've seen like Coco Golf. They had like a whole brand thing that they branded her right after she won, and there was like a million dollars of sales within like 30 minutes of that that of that event. Yeah. And there was like a whole logistical like setup behind that 
that was probably 50 to 100 people, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into physical products and you have to really outlay expectations. And if you have a big product push or you go viral on social media, like you're out of, you're out of business. So yeah. there's certain things you could do where like, if you have physical products, you sell out, start taking pre-orders for your next batch. Instead of just leaving it on like, Hey, we're out of order, we're out of order, we're out of order. Start taking pre-orders for your next batch. So you're already getting money collected and you start, hey, we're six weeks out. We'll start delivering as soon as we get it. But yeah, cash in hand, cash in hand, yeah. cash in hand. So there's ways to play the game if you have physical products or digital products. But digital products is scalable infinitely. Yeah. So the, you made the SaaS. Then that was like a lead generator that, that created this huge community called yep. the Hive Man. And it's funny how you named it Hive Mind. And it's literally that's what it is. Kind of... How did that happen? Did it organically happen? And talk about what is the Hive? What is Hive is Live? And what is this brand that you guys built? So uh, my my partner had the idea for the Hive Mind. Like me, I'm I'm the I'm the integrator. I just kind of make stuff happen. Like, I mean, I, I can think of ideas, but I'm like, yeah, if he's gonna make the idea, let's run with it. You know. So he came up with the idea with the Hive Mind, and I'm like, it's a really cool name. A lot of like real estate products and services are like, oh, real estate this, real estate that, and I'm like. Hivemind is just like, boom, it's the opposite of that. Yeah. Which is big brands are built like that, like Uber and Lyft and all these things. They're kind of synonymous, but they're keywordy with misspellings and all this yeah. stuff. But Hivemind is just like, what is that? Oh. It, it, it drives curiosity when you hear it. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we kind of launched that. And the, the community side of it was like, hey, we have clients that come in that are similar to what we do because they're, they're coming in off based off of what we do. Mm -hmm. Like let's let's do a community, let's do education, let's start helping people, teaching people the basics of we learned the ABCs of st steps that we went through, and then we just started doing like we could take education calls and teaching and the when you when you start teaching you become a better uh, coach. Yeah, and it like I I didn't understand this when I first started doing it, but it sharpened my skills to speak, it sharpened my skills to educate, it sharpened my skills to be eloquent when I speak and to break things down easier. Yeah. Because if you don't practice, you never have that ability to come across. So it, it made me a better, like, it, it rounded my edges where I was kind of rough, rough coming into that. So I uh, just started teaching, educating, and we've had some students kill it in the land game, yeah. um, pop off in different ways. And it's just weird. Like, we've been, uh, this year in business is going to be three years old in February Man. of uh, 2024. So it's just like three years. It's been so much has happened over the last three years. It's been amazing. So much growth. So the service, you did it. Then you got the SaaS, which is it's digital product. But then now you got digital pro digital products teaching people how to do it. So talk about that, and then talk about some of the wins and people who are crushing it and land deals that you've taught because there's infinite money out there. Really, infinite. it's just all coming down to doing the damn work. So I, I want to jump to the Hive is Live. So the Hive is Live is where we would tell our community to come. So if you go to thehiveislive.com, there's a whole web page there. And there's a click to join Zoom button whenever we have calls. People join in the Zoom. And that's kind of how we organize it. We do an annual event. We did an event every year. So we did three years, three or three events. We just had our third annual event. And it's like a time to come together and have opportunity and exchange. And people you met, you see online every day, you kind of shake hands with them, have dinner with them, take them out to lunch. A lot of cool stuff happens but we've been recording those so if you're interested in that we sell that as a digital product the hiveislive.com you can go to recordings you can buy all three years of, of the events and it's uh for 9.99 i think but uh there's like over 30 hours of content from all our speakers you can see roy red talk up talk 
two years ago. It's there. You can check it out. It's pretty cool. But Hive is Live is dope. But uh, the community is amazing, man. We've had, have students that, and if you, when you coach after a long time, pe- people just come and go. It's just the nature of things, the, the, the way of water, per se. Mm-hmm. People just ebb and flow. Some people stay with you for a long time. Some people just, they show up for a minute and then they're gone. And then, like, it's just weird. But um, I've had students come in. They've learned what we taught them, and they just disappeared. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, where that guy went? He comes back six months later. Oh, I just did four subdivides, and we're, each one's like six figures. And I'm like, dang, what? <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> like, not even in a market we're in. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just in. He's in Alabama doing his own thing. And I'm like, I haven't seen the guy since, and he's just killing it. Like, people just they learn it, go act, go take action, and they just do amazing things so like uh, it's hard to keep up with people like that sometimes but we've seen people blow up through like crm automation i have a client i he he's uh he he moved he was originally from new york moved to florida and uh he he joined the crm we're helping with his automations and stuff he just got his two comic club award for hitting a million dollars uh this year in 2023 and uh he's he's teaching he's now teaching his own students how to do the lane game and it's just it's just really cool to see. And I'm not taking credit for him. I mean, he did a lot. He did all the work. I just kind of, I mean, I kind of sparked the brain, sparked it. And I don't know if I don't know how much I can take credit for that, but it's just cool to see. You know, it's just cool to see him blow up. And he's doing amazing things now. He, he's not even a client of mine anymore. But I, I still, he he posted in his stories. He's like, I got a story to tell. Who's who's got a podcast for me to sell? I'm like, I got a podcast. Let's hop on. Come through. So I was on his first, he was on, his first podcast. He was ever on was not mine. Hive with his podcast. And it's it's always been a cool opportunity to like see people grow over time. And he's been that was like two years ago. So from him going, what he's done in two years has just been amazing to see. I have a client. He found a like two hundred acre property. He actually is out there doing a bunch of stuff, yard work and stuff on it. But he's like he might make a million one one land deal. One deal. I got another student. Uh, he's making. Like 350k on a land deal. His first, his first land deal. He's from a multifamily space. I got another student. He's lending us money. He might make. Uh, he's a capital partner on one of our deals. I think we're paying him like 100 grand in like 60 days for being a capital partner on one of our deals. And that's something we work really working right now. But it's just, it's just really cool to like students come in different shapes and forms nice. and different skill sets, and they um, they come already trained if you talk if you target the right students. Yeah. And I have students like I have a student right now. He's working. A multi-million dollar deal and he used to work at costco like i got from people that are already high level to people that are low level and they're just doing amazing things i have a. Uh, it's just it's just crazy you and you're you're good at documenting everything like even and we'll, we'll go this next but i want to talk about documenting and content because you gave me the information where it clicked for me and then i was able to make my first two million dollar acquisition of a business but you document everything like everything you're saying there's tweets out there every single thing you've recorded and your content game is serious you got so much content out there talk about the importance of content and documenting and it it ain't easy how do you guys keep up with that it's it's a, it's a part of the system mm-hmm. it's a part of the system so everything all our content is created in house and it's uh I started creating content because I wanted to give something to my kids because my kids are, I had a, my, my middle daughter just turned four two days ago and my oldest is turning six in December and my youngest, he's turning uh, three in like a week. 
So all my kids are young. I can't have business conversations and conversations like this with them. So my whole thing is like, I don't know how I might die tomorrow and this recording is out there. So my whole thing is I want to document myself right now at 31 to have these conversations as much as possible because there's a, there's a physical digital footprint of me, whether it's, I die tomorrow, I die 10 years from now. It's there forever. It's there forever. So my whole thing is like, if I'm going to record it, I might as well release it. If I'm going to release it, I'd rather give it to the world because then you have the world is people can take that knowledge for whatever they want everywhere. everywhere. And it is what it is. So it's not like the whole thing of becoming famous. It's more of a, a self ego thing to record for my children. The, the knowledge I have that I have today, you know, and I hope they can go through it and kind of skip through because it's a lot. Yeah. Like, I feel bad if they follow yeah. me, <laughs> if they start listening to all this cause stuff because it's a lot. But maybe they skip through it and like, hey, this is Daniel from 2019. Yeah. Look at him. He's an idiot, you know. <laughs> That's what Pops was about back then, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like it's it's time stamped. It's dated. Like everything is within there. And like they can, they can skip through and like they can see like my growth. And like you ever see like a collage of like your parents when they were like, babies um, to yeah. to older, retired and yeah. married. And like you have that whole like in-depth picture of their life. Like how they and what it represented, yeah. And I, I go look at my old stuff, and it was trash, man. I'm just like, <laughs> it was we were terrible. Well, that's that's one of the things. Like, you have to start somewhere. And my content, you can go on Instagram. My content was trash. Yeah. It was. It I means some of it still is, I'm sure, but in someone's eyes, you know. But <laughs> beyond that, but like, it's gotten better over time. And it's by I hired people. I have a social media manager. I have editors. It's not longer on me to produce. I do. I produce the content through the podcast and having conversations like this here at the studio, but it's no longer on me to edit it. It's no longer on me to create the graphics and the thumbnails and all the stuff. So now all I do is I, I do what I'm good at, which is producing content, producing content, producing content. And then there's a whole nother team behind me that, hey, they edit it. They produce the thumbnails. I schedule it. It put, gets pushed out. They put the bios and graphics and all this stuff, and then it just goes out. So now it's a machine. All right, let's get saucy. You said to me one time, we we're talking, and we're talking about like myths, and we're talking about how most people think you need money to make money. And you said to me, you said, if you can't make money without money, then you can't make money with money because you don't know business. You don't know a lot of the secrets. So let's dive into creative finance, right? And so you came to me one day and you said, you could buy anything for, for no money. I was like, well, how do you do that? You need money to buy. And I was like, well, and I already knew it because I, you know, learned the M&A stuff. And you were like, you can buy businesses with no money. You can buy a jet plane with no money. You, you can buy real estate with no money. So let's talk about how someone with no money can buy anything they want if they can be creative in their thinking. So everything, everything is for sale. Money's fake. And... Everything is just zeros and ones and zeros and, and some, some it's computer, just numbers on computer a, database. It's just numbers. It's just so numbers. Whether you're whether you're buying a hundred dollar thing online on Facebook Marketplace, mm -hmm. hey, would you sell it to me in ten equal payments for ten ten dollars a month? Like no. you can be creative. Like imagine. Okay, so here, here's here's for all the the marketing people out there. If you're like, oh, I want to be a, a videographer. All right, you go find somebody that's selling their videographer equipment. Hey, I'll give you uh, 500 bucks now, and it might be worth thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you 500 bucks now, and I'll give you 500 bucks a month, so I pay it off. Mm -hmm. How are you going to pay me back? Well, I got a videographer, I now got a job. 
I'm going to get a website up and I'm going to start making money with this camera and I'll give you 500 a month. That's how you can start a business with 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. And you can get $1,000 equipment that way just by asking and negotiating. So everything is up for negotiation. A lot of people will think you go go to McDonald's and that's the price and you, you pay the price every time. But in business, that's not the price. You can negotiate every, any point, any point in negotiations, the terms, the cash, the down, the turn, the, the, what what you're getting, what what you're not getting, like everything's negotiable. It's not McDonald's, so you have the flexibility to ask for whatever you want in negotiation. So, if you want a brand new car, well, who's got a car? Who's got a car they don't want, and how much? What are you going to negotiate for it? Are you going to trade for it? You got something they you got something they want that we're going to trade. One of the craziest things I love about like trading and like creative finance mm-hmm. is that have you ever heard about the paperclip story? No. Nah. So this is a story um, in the early 2000s. You can, you can look it up. It's called the Red Paperclip Story. And the guy traded a red paperclip to a house in like two years. And he just bartered. Hey, I have a red paperclip. What would you trade me? Well, I got this baseball card. All right, I'll trade you the baseball card. Hey, I got a baseball card. Will you trade me? And he went through like 200 trades and he ended up wow. trading for a house. Wow. Free and clear with a paperclip. So it's just all about knowing how to negotiate finding people talking to people so for example let, let, let's let's get let's see a tactical let's say you have a million dollar house that you want to buy right and maybe you want to keep it or maybe you want to cash flow it um if you're in business maybe you want to buy things that cash flow but let's say you just want a million dollar house because it's nice but you make maybe a hundred thousand a year or eighty thousand a year like you're like i can't afford that million dollar house how could someone get a million dollar house creatively by being creative? So, um, one, you got to market to them. So you got to know what people that have million dollar houses. So yeah. you can, if you've, if you've done enough research, if you're an entrepreneur, you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so you find a list of people that have million dollar houses. You figure out a li- people that have equity. Mm-hmm. And then you ask them, hey, would you still finance me this house? And then you ask for your terms. If you talk to enough people... You're going to get a yes. Somebody's so are you going to make enough phone calls and follow up with enough people to get that yes? And then that's how, what it's going to take. So you find, let's say, a 1,000 people that have a million-dollar house that own it free and clear, and you just call them all, text them all, email them all, send them a postcard them all, happy birthday, Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. go knock on their door. Hey, my name is John. I'm, looking, uh, I'm actually in the neighborhood. I just stopped by. I'm actually looking for a million-dollar house. And just have that conversation and have negotiation. I love this home. You mind if I get a tour? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know. You can do. You can be creative however you want, and then, like you negotiate for whatever you can afford. Yeah. Like I, a lot of people think, like, oh, you have to go off an amortization schedule. You have to get a, um, you have to you have to get a uh, a loan or all these things. But the bank of seller finance, there's millions and billions of dollars of equity in properties mm-hmm. that are just sitting there. Land, I think I always say this a lot, but land has the most equity in any asset class. But there's people that own homes that have equity, and they bought it for $200,000, like here in California. They bought it for $200,000 20 years ago, and they paid it off 15 years ago, and now it's free and clear. And most homes are paid off. I remember you explained that to me. But explain seller's finance. Let's say um, I'm going to go grab that million-dollar house, and a seller's finance essentially is making the owner who owns it free and clear the bank. The bank. How does that work exactly? You 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 ask for the terms. So, hey, how much do you want for this property? Well, I want a million dollars. What if I gave you 1.1? Ooh. Oh. You're going to give me more money than what I asked for. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's start at 1.1. Well, what does 1.1 look like? Well, I'll give you $3,000 a month for 
or whatever, however many months, however many months it takes to pay off, whether through do 1.1 divided by 3000 and you figure it out and you just do the math. Hey, would you do, would you carry this property for 3000 a month for 390 months? Yeah. Equal, equal payment, 390 equal payments, whatever. And then you're not paying any interest or anything because you're not getting the banks involved. You're not paying, you're just paying the person back now. But Daniel, why would anybody do that? Why would anybody sell me their house for, for, for monthly like that? Wouldn't they want the 1. million up front? Um, no, uh, uh, they always have a secondary partner that's involuntary, yeah. which is Uncle Sam. So Uncle Sam is, they, they love when sellers get paid in cash. Yeah. They love it. They love when business owners get paid in cash. What happens? They love when sellers get paid in cash. They're like, oh man, I got, I got my Uncle Sam got his hand yeah. in your right pocket <laughs> waiting for that check to hit the bank account. Mm -hmm. So what you explain to the seller or the person who wants to sell their business is, hey, Uncle Sam He's he's the he's the person behind the curtain right here. He's he's waiting for you around the corner as soon as I hand you this check. Do you want to give him you want to rip that check in, in, in and a half. third <laughs> in a third or a fourth and uh walk out that door? Or do you wanna you wanna sell or finance it to me and you pay less capital gains? Yeah. Oh, what does that look like? Let me talk to my CPA. Well, if you go to section four fifty three, I just did this last night. So you go to IRS <laughs> section four fifty three, you learn about the installment sale and you get a lower tax basis because you're taking long-term capital gains because it's unearned income. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one way. One thing that looks like a problem in the market is a guy might want to sell his house for a million, but because interest rates are high, the people who want to buy his house can only get a loan for 700,000. So mm -hmm. people can't buy his house. So his house is on the market on MLS for months, right? Years. If, or years. And then you reach out to this guy and you say, hey, your house has been on this for this long. I know you want a million. I can give you that million. But I dictate the terms. And that's exactly what I did. And you explained this to me because you can buy anything like this. You can buy a jet like this. You can buy anything basically so roy roy bought a business like this a two million dollar acquisition through creative finance we bought in multi-million dollar ranches through creative finance and it's just having the sellers got equity and they're willing to take their want less tax basis and they're willing to, to carry the note and at, you don't know if you don't ask yeah. so i ask everybody you what, you, what ask, you carry you don't get yeah if you don't ask you don't receive it's very it's a biblical it's a biblical statement so you ask i ask every seller Every seller, everybody I talk to, will you sell it? Well, I want $10 million. Will you sell it, finance it? What, well, I want 20% down. Okay. Like, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we got you. And, and my thing was, and I think I stole it from you, is like, we'll pay you what you want, but we dictate the terms, right? It's, it's uh, your price, my terms, or my terms and your, uh, your price. Because mm -hmm. then it comes down to, uh, we, talk about the, we were talking about this in the car, He's like, cash now is always worth more than cash later. So if I'm going to bring, if you want a million dollars for your property, I'm not going to write you a check for a million dollars because a million dollars is very, very expensive for me to borrow. Yeah. So we always explain like, hey, if I borrow a million dollars for this ranch, it's going to cost me 1.2. Yeah. So I'm going to have to, if I'm going to give you a million dollars, I'm going to need it for 600 just because the cost of money and the carrying cost of this. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm an investor. Like I, there's, we got money lenders, we got we have a lot of people involved. We have to pay our people, insurance, sales, all this stuff, marketing. We have to we have to actually increase the value of this property to make money. Yeah, I understand that. Well, I want you to make money. Okay. Well, I want to get you your price too. Yep. If if you're at this price, let's give you your price. 
We'll give you 20, 30% down. We have a deal right now. We're working. It's a $3 million, I think it's like 150 acres. We're giving him 10% down, which is $300,000 down. He has a house on property worth 300000 So we're going to cut the house off for 300000 sell that, get our down payment back, and then he's going to carry the 2.7 at 0% for five years. And it's just being just being creative, right? Where's what are some other ways you can create a finance? There's I mean you can you can trade assets, you can ask for an option on I mean there's a if you pretty much anything you think of. So if there's a little snip a tidbit. So if you go buy the recording for our event, I talked about um, navigating the offer. So there's a lot of things you can offer sellers that are still make win-win scenarios even if it's you have to figure out you have to understand the underlying value of it. So whether it's overpriced fair market value or underpriced and you can still create a win a win-win scenario depending on where it fits but you can only do certain things because you still have to make money on that property so you either have to get the property at a cheap price or you get good terms good terms means you can create a uh, a profit on the yield of of the spread of interest so what we do is we get like for instance that that three million dollar ranch we're getting zero percent for five years what are we doing we're selling it for we're selling it for 15 to 20 years he's giving us a 30-year am which means it's spread across 30 years so if you do a 360 divided by a 270 it's 7500 a month so we're giving him 7500 a month for five years but we're selling that property for right around the same price way we're getting it for but we're selling at 12 percent interest yeah. so there's a uh interest rate spread which is if you're familiar with hard money lenders they make money off of interest rate spreads and debt spreads so that's it's essentially a debt play making money off the debt so how how do you speed this up? So you you're buying land buying land deals, you're doing creative finance. Let's say you have a deal where you do need to pay some money. How are you getting that money? Are you using your money? Are you using OPM? How are you putting the money down or buying assets where you go, all right, we'll we'll give them the money now, the amount of money that they want now. hundred percent OPM. Um, you can build an amazing business with your own capital. It's just gonna take you a long time. Long. It's gonna take you a long time. Same dash. It's gonna take you a long time to do it. And it, no, no knocking to anybody that does it that way. Yeah. It's just gonna take you a long time. So there's ways to accelerate that. And I, I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. But OPM, other OPM is other people's money. Mm-hmm. It allows you to accelerate time and collapse time. Where me and me and Roy, we're not getting any younger. Yeah. But we have the ability by using OPM to accelerate our trajectory of where we're going. So I always talk about this as if you already know how to make money, start learning how to leverage OPM. And this, I was telling Chris in the car, every deal you've done, make a case study because that's all experience points that you have to show anybody that wants to give you money because there's billions and trillions of dollars out there looking for a place to go and they're looking for the right operator. And there's a lot of bad actors out there Mm -hmm. that are bad operators. So if you, if you know you're a good operator and you're with good intent out there, that you, you, you have good intent that you're going to be a good operator of that capital, you have the ability to use OPM to grow your business to infinite scale and really make a difference in you and your family's trajectory. Now, what are some of the OPMs out there and what are your favorite ones? OPM, it comes in different ways. So friends and Other family. people's money, by the way. That's yeah. what OPM stands for. Yeah, OPM. <laughs> Growing so, with other people's money. OPM, it usually comes from friends and family at first mm-hmm. just because uh, friends and family are usually the ones that trust you the most. And you have a relationship with them. I, I, I had my, my mom invested in a deal with us, and we gave her an ROI. My brothers haven't, but you, I mean, you, you get opportunities like that from friends and family. Mm-hmm. You ask around. I think even Bezos, he raised money from his parents, parents yeah. to start Amazon. So 
you got to be you got to put your ego aside to hey i have this opportunity and it's and everybody has that one person in the family like oh he's a scam or whatever yeah. he's a, he's a he's a hustler he's yeah. a, he's a wheel dealer or whatever but you got you got you got to put your ego aside and the embarrassment aside you got to ask a thousand people for money yeah. and you you may seem like a beggar but money people that have a lot of money are looking for a place to place it because every day inflation chisels away at it chisels away at it yeah i'll tell you the word inflation's chisel like if you have a billions of dollars or hundreds of millions inflation's killing you so you're trying to figure out what ways to places to put your money so that you can make more and beat inflation and so that's where that leads to the next question like you said asking family for money a lot of times you ask family first because yep. i want you to get in on this before i start this fund i want you to have equity before we get 5 10 15 million and that's where we'll go next is what are some of the the high level opms and what are you guys planning to do to truly grow and and kind of this is the game you gave me because if I'm able to, my mentor told me, he said, if you make a 2,000 cold calls, you'll, you'll buy a million dollar business. And it was my 1,900 email that, that came through. So then I went, boom, my lead measure, my input to get the output I want is outreach. Emails, 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 emails. And so I'm trying to figure out how to send as many emails as possible. But you gave me some sauce on how you can just focus on just that and get the money up front and start a fund. So talk about that, and well, then I'll have a follow-up question. So when you first start out, I mean, uh, you start out fundraising from people online. People, people are always looking to invest in other people. So um, if you like, if you never ask somebody for ten grand, you're never going to get ten grand. So hey, I need ten grand for this opportunity. Here's the layout. If you want to have a conversation, let me know. Yeah. I mean, you got you got you got to get, get over that. I, it was a struggle for me for starting out, but kiss you, the frog. You got you got to kiss the frog, and you got to <laughs> you got to own up to it. So right now, and we're starting a real estate fund, uh, equity uh, debt fund, and I was telling Roy about this because he didn't know this. I didn't know it at all. He didn't, didn't know, know this, it. and I'm Mister Know It All. He didn't know this. I was t I was educating him about the fund space mm -hmm. and how the high net worth individuals want to invest in good operators. Yeah. And us as a good operator, what's a good operator? Does anybody knows how to make Someone money? Someone who's done it. Someone who's done it, who has experience, who has a game plan, who has a scalable opportunity to invest that capital. All these businesses that are around, they all came off of some type of investment. Mm -hmm. That person did not build it by themselves over time in most cases. There was some type of investment. Made. Do you think Warren Buffett got his money? He didn't just have it. Yeah. People so, gave him that money to invest. People gave him that money to invest, 100%. So you have the ability... People want to invest in the right vehicles. So high net worth individuals in that seven, eight, nine figure range, even 10 figure range, they invest in funds. So what is a fund? Every major business was a fund at some point. They did a fundraise, venture capital, private equity, hedge fund. hedge fund. They've all raised money in some type of way, shape, or form to get to the point where they're at. So a fund gives you the ability to create massive, to reach the right people that have large capital stacks to invest in the right businesses and right operations that are going to produce good things in the marketplace. So a lot of people, people are creating funds to attack affordable housing. People are creating funds to attack uh, the infrastructure problem in America. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, you can create a fund for literally anything you want. Uh, I was telling Roy to create a fund about uh, rolling up businesses because he's looking to acquire more businesses now that he acquired his first seven figure business. 
Now he's looking to acquire more. Now he can create, go out there and raise money to uh, essentially consolidate and roll up, do a roll up, which is a uh, the the form of buying multiple businesses and selling it to another entity mm-hmm. at a higher price yeah. or higher multiple. When I when I had that goal to buy multiple businesses, and then I you know got the first one on OPM, did a seller's note, which is seller's finance. We basically I basically just emailed thousands of people one emailed me back said sure we're willing to we're willing to sell but you know we want to sell for two million a lot of people don't want to give us that because you know we're burning off our we have a high burn rate in this area and i said i'll give you the two million but can we dictate the terms just like you taught me he said yes i said okay we'll do zero down and then we'll pay you this much a month out of the business so business making 90k the note is 30k I immediately start grossing the difference in between that, right? Mm-hmm. And I have control of the business and he man- he's managing the business until we, you know, until he can make a certain part more profitable. Yeah. But it's the conversion rates on emails is hard because a lot of people don't understand seller's finance. It's doable. But I was just like, man, if I had 10 million, I can go out and buy. 10 of these things, 20 of these things faster, right? And roll up faster and then just give away some equity. And then that's when you said, that's when you broke down the fund to me. So how are you guys implementing that in land um, so that you can buy more land and build this hive mind to a bigger level as much as you could share? Yeah, so the fund space, it's it's very, not necessarily hush-hush, but you can only mention certain things because it's SEC regulated. So I can't necessarily talk about like fund structure and what we're offering, mm-hmm. but I can tell you like the basics of like how you can set it up. And for instance, like you, you might raise money to acquire multiple businesses and that's your, what your PPM is going to say. And you're going to use the debt to acquire equity in multiple businesses to eventually take full acquisition of them and then sell to a higher entity. And that yeah. could be your, your whole strategy. With us with land, we're using our fund as a lender to invest in our op- our opportunities that we have, already have. Currently, we have like 15 million under contract. It's, it's crazy that we're working that produce that's going to produce seven million dollars or so. And that's and, just the real estate side. We're not talking hive mind. We're not talking the digital products. But yeah, this is just this is just the real estate side. So a lot of that the the fund is is going to be our lender to buy and acquire these these properties through seller financing and other creative. Um, buyer notes by a lot of other opportunities that we have so hopefully our fund will be the biggest hopefully we'll be the biggest land buyers out there in texas and other opportunities but essentially we're using them as a lender they we we hey we like this property we need you to help the fund needs to help lend on this on this on this project they put up the seed capital we put a down payment just like a lender would we put down a down payment they supply the rest and then we develop that property and sell it off speed Speed. Speed. And it's, you know, you did the hustle. You did all the hard stuff and the hustling stuff. So you know what you're doing now. So now with that fund, you can really just, really just gobble up all of these businesses with the plan of selling later or so our, our, cash flow. Them? We are flippers. So we actually have a public facing brand called Texas Ranch Flippers. So just like house flippers, they buy, fix up, and remodel. We buy, subdivide, and sell. So that's our model is we are, we're Texas Ranch Flippers. Now let's say you, the, someone who invests in the fund, let's say you give them, you're going to give them a certain amount of equity, right? The reason why this is so huge for your space and my space is the margins are crazy. 
Mm-hmm. And so now when you get those margins, what you have to pay back in equity or pay back to the person who lend it for to buy the property is is like pennies compared to the margin because they just want maybe more than what they're losing in interest, right? So I you did say you can structure the deal any way you want, mm-hmm. but what businesses or what type of businesses do you think is best for? It depends on, and I'm I'm, I'm like I said, I'm very new to this. We're starting our first fund, so maybe I'll have a better answer for you six months from mm-hmm. now. But there's very different structures. Like I know I've been networking since I've been we're in the midst of starting a fund. I've been networking with people that have funds, and some people do like a 70-30 split where any part of the profit they give seventy to the investors, thirty to the the general the GP, which is the general partner, and then the LP gets the seventy percent. I have a buddy of mine. He does a ninety ten split. There's different types of splits and type of syndication models where. People they have the opportunity to invest in certain opportunities, and they can choose what opportunity they want to invest in. Like there's there's a thousands different forms that I might there's crypto funds. Like yeah. I don't even know nothing about crypto funds. I just know about the real estate ones and different type of equity splits you might do. But there's a lot of like different variations of this. And like I said, I'm not like the master of all these all these different types of them. But there's a lot of opportunity to even create this. I interviewed I interviewed a guy on my podcast. Mm-hmm. His his fund is they regenerative farm land so land that might have been been a uh, corn crop for 20 years now doesn't produce corn anymore because they sucked up all the nutrients from that that corn uses what they do is they regenerate a farm that whole property and add nutrients and some kind of cycle plants in there to replenish that corn product in the ground that was sucked up over all the years Mm -hmm. so they bring back and restore the farmland which that's amazing i mean farm there's so much uh infrastructure based off of farming and food and all the stuff that can really make a difference so i think if you have a really big opportunity you understand what you're doing you can really make a difference in the world by using opm and you can make money at the same time and really make a difference in the world and it's it's fighting against the black rocks and these big funds Uh-oh. that buzzword yeah that, <laughs> that, that that do that do crazy things so those those uh, those big funds they do they're buying up all the housing and rental properties and Gen Z is never going to own a home like all this all the stuff you hear in the news like you get the opportunity to create whatever fund you want to attack whatever niche and skill set you ha- you already have mm-hmm. to make a difference in the world yeah it's basically just just putting a super big engine behind yep. uh, whatever skill you have now why do people go to Shark Tank or why do they give away so much equity? Why do they do all this stuff? Why don't people know about funds, man? <laughs> it's because they don't I, go to Harvard. <laughs> I I mean, this is one of the things where like, this is, stu- this is stuff touched at those Ivy League schools. I, I never attended Ivy League schools. I don't even have a college yeah. degree. But this is something that you learn through talking to high net worth individuals. You learn, you shortcut years of education. And uh, we talk about, me and Anthony talk about the collapsing time. You can collapse time through capital or knowledge. And what separates uh, minorities as a whole from acquiring the knowledge that we have is because we were hindered by the information. Yeah. If we had the same information that other people had, we are able to grow and leverage that over generations. Mm-hmm. So tips and tricks that, that pe- other sectors of so-called business people, or they, they pass that information to their friends and family, and it's just passed on in that sector and they share information yeah. where sometimes people, other other certain groups don't. Yeah. You, 
once you get those data sets, man, like a lot of times you don't think things are possible. And like for me, I'll just think it's possible because I'll just like through God, anything's possible. But then when you get that data set, like you mean to tell me I could start this fund is like you really go, oh, it's over now. It's like they let me in the room. I'm I'm there now. I can really take over. What was some inf- what was a piece of information you got that made you go, I'm about to really take everything over? It was it was the ability to really like really leverage OPM and other people's money because a lot of people are scared of it. They're scared of they're scared of failure. And I think that's a lot of entrepreneurs like they hit that ceiling and they're like, I can't grow past the ceiling because I may never be able I may never get back here yeah. ever again if I fail. So there's a there's a huge like fear of failure when you get to certain points because us in our mental capacity and like I don't know how long like this is where like Warren Buffett all he does is he buys instead of one share he buys 10 million shares mm-hmm. you know it's it's very easy for him to operate in that in that sector in that space because he can it's just zeros yeah. whereas people like us were operators in physical business we're operators in physical real estate I won't be able to do this forever yeah like it'll take a toll on me on me mentally and physically and there's a there's a there's a, a only a mental capacity that you can take personally that there's your limit and you have to take self-care and t- time off and really focus on your mental health because a lot of people they they have breaking points and breaking points could be at phase one or phase 30 there's a breaking point for everybody capacity that was a quote michelle welch said you might have the capability but you might not have the capacity i thought about that when you were saying that Mm -hmm. so for the people who are who are listening who maybe are neurotic about it what gave you the confidence to move forward on stuff like what is stopping people and what maybe some mindset shifts that you'd had that made you really just go get it that maybe we can give to them to make me maybe shift their brain and give them a data set to go well you know i could i could i could do this because it's really easy it really is it's just it's just it's it's not easy it's simple it does take work but it's simple and when you know what's on the other side you'll do the work you have to see the future you have to see the future in a way where i i project it's like the visionary thing i have a vision in my mind that isn't even established yet but i know i can attain and reach that i don't know how i'm going to get there but i'll figure it out as i grow to that level to attain to that level and a lot of people don't have big vision enough to see past that point so they always they're always capped out in their head but the only the sep- the separator is here it's not your pockets or the people with money backing you or whatever it's it's the mind that separates the growth you can take and how far you can take it how did you meet anthony we bought the same course Oh, and you just, you guys just met there, dude. Anthony is a beast, man. I can't wait to get Anthony on the <laughs> Yeah, we bought the same course. So everybody has their skill set. And so, so we were talking about the, the sometimes there's like crazy CEO, mm-hmm. but he gets stuff done. Yeah, that's and he, Anthony. <laughs> it, 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 gets, it gets stuff down. But like I, I've learned a lot from Anthony because he's put me in rooms where I'm able to learn from high-level people that operate in their own space. And I've met other people like myself that are integrators and action takers that all we need to do is get we all like I'm type personality like go that way and figure it out that's me like I'll I'll go that way and I'll lay the road and build the build the bicycle and we'll we'll make it down the road eventually yeah. 
I'll figure out how to get down there as far as how fast, I don't know. But like you, I've, I've learned and honed in skills over time that I built over time that have gotten me to this point. And I think this is where like, you got to grow daily. Yeah. You got to grow daily into that person you want to become because if you if you're complacent, you'll never get there because you're like oh I've I've made ten million dollars a year. I'm just gonna chill. You know, it's, it's you got to be hungry. Yeah, the moment you want a stress free, courage free future, you're giving the universe the sign to take its parts back. And so you really got to lock in, and it's continual growth no matter where mm-hmm. where you're at. What's your exit number, man? What like what is that number? In your head, where you're like, "This is what I want." It's not. It's not even about the money for me. It's about the impact. I think by based off of what I do and how I do it, I have a huge opportunity to impact the world in my own way. So, a lot of what I do is the land that I acquire. I choose who I sell it to. Yeah. So I, I there's a bigger mission to what we do as land acquisitions that I don't want to talk about much, but I prevent foreign entities from coming in and buying U.S. state land, like. I come in, I buy it, and I distribute it to the people I want to distribute it to yeah. that are going to do the right things with it. So they hold it, and they're, they're, they're operators on my behalf. Yeah. This is how I see it. You wouldn't sell it to BlackRock. Yeah, I wouldn't sell it to, <laughs> I wouldn't sell it to BlackRock, 100%. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, like, you control – I control my own little corner of this giant pie, mm-hmm. and however, the, however piece of that pie gets, I control that corner. Yeah. And that's my corner. Yeah. And there's – Hundreds of operators like me that control that little corner of the pie in there. I'm, I'm okay with what I get, but we're all in it together to make sure we just we always doing the right thing and distribute it to the right people. What's your favorite part of doing deals in business? My favorite part, I like seeing the before and after part of it, and like I want to go do a video on that Florida property that I sold and hopefully see a house there. Yeah. Because literally, what I do is I provide inventory to the marketplace that wasn't available mm. because it was a big parcel of land. land yeah. It was 100 acres. No one could buy 100 acres. That's why I, I like what I do because I make that 100 acres affordable to the everyday person, and I separate it, and I parcel it out to the people that can afford it, yeah. whereas no, not everybody can afford that large acreage. So I want to go back to that Florida lot, figure out where it's at, and hopefully see a house there and mm-hmm. do a video about that. Okay. Like, you know, like I create opportunity in the marketplace where people can build and create housing and wealth and apartments restaurants and you never know you know i don't I, it's not my job to create it i'm just creating the inventory the opportunity the opportunity for somebody to do it yeah it's hard to say one or two give me a few books or a couple books that or your opinion on books that have really <laughs> helped you grow and really get after it in business i'm not a reader <laughs> i'm not a reader at all and i always laugh over this because I've learned so much from books, mm-hmm. but it's based off of other people's like secondhand knowledge. Yeah. So I always say, like, if you're not a reader, join a book club because they'll break it down for you. Yeah, <laughs> you just need the info. You don't need to be reading, reading. And like, like I don't, I don't need to read the book. Like I, don't, like I mean, it's bad, but like I don't, I don't read books. I mean, I have books. I bought books. I have books that I've read up to page ten, and I'm yeah. like, I can't even get past page eleven. Mm-hmm. And it's like really like knowledgeable books, but I'm just like, I can't. Like I'm ADD or something. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, you, I can't. You learn in it. You learn in doing the business, not uh, not the books. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell that. I'll join that book. Like, oh, we're covering this book. Okay, well, when you cover that book, I'm joining the call because then, like, oh, what did you guys learn? And I'm like, all right, this is amazing. Good job, guys. Thanks for breaking it down for me. Who's your Who's <laughs> like your favorite business person or business person you really look up to? Where you're like, I maybe model that guy or or some of that sort. 
I like. I'm a big fan of Elon because I feel like Elon's he's a beast, man. I, I hated on him for a long time, but you can't hate on him. I feel like he's he's literally like the epitome of an entrepreneur because he's creating the future that he wants to see. Yeah, and I think that's us as entrepreneurs. That's the that's the all in all goal is like, yeah, we do this for money sometimes, but you when you get to a certain point, you create the future you want to see. Like people were making fun of him for buying Twitter, but I mean, you got a billion dollars and you want to make a make Twitter a better place mm-hmm. in your own eyes, and it, that's your own opinion, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want to do. It's I mean, it is what it is. And people are like, oh, Twitter's worth twenty billion dollars now, and he bought it for forty. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, he is. He losing sleep hey, over hey, it. Good. <laughs> he ain't losing sleep over it. I mean, he he make that over a windfall on Tesla stock. Yeah. You know, so it's it's one of the things where you you as an entrepreneur you create what you want to see in the world. And getting to a point where you want to do that and you find your passion and what you really love doing and just dig in, man, because your gift that God gave you is what you harness that and you amplify that through OPM and you produce whatever that is and take it to scale. By the way, uh, Elon got into it with M&A, he bought Tesla. It wasn't like he built Tesla. Yeah. He bought it and then grew it. So. Buying a business is like jumping in the middle of a marathon without starting from the beginning and then being able to run fast or do what you got to do going from there. What drives you, man? If we're, I was talking about how this girl who bought a $20 million business with OPM with none of her money on the seller's note, she had this rule that when someone responded to her via email, text, whatever, a lead came back, she will respond within 15 minutes, no matter what time of the day it was. And I was like, you were like, wow, that's crazy. And I was like, no, that's you. Because whenever I text you, call, and everyone who was at the Hive Mind event said it was the same thing. You're always just locked in. What drives you and what motivates you to to have that level of energy? It's being locked in with the right people. Um, I'm not like that with everybody. Mm. Some people are like. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's, it's, it's kind of funny, but it as you grow, like, I hate like I have like a, I have like an anxiety when I see Anthony's phone because Anthony's phone he's been entrepreneur for fifteen years he has a lot of connections and people in his phone he's like like three hundred thousand unread emails and a thousand unread texts and I'm like dude you're killing me like don't stop sharing your screen with your phone like get away from me yeah and then like me I'm like I got like thirty emails unread and I got like fifty text messages and I'm like so much better this is this is this, like, it, it, like it's only gonna get worse and i'm like oh man but like it's 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 people have people the right people have your phone number and i'm always like i talked to one of my clients yesterday mm-hmm. and i told i literally told him this yesterday he's like he's like i really appreciate that you answer the phone whenever i call <laughs> i was like well the reason why i answer the phone is because you've been with me since i started and you operate in two of my businesses that i operate loyalty. so you got loyalty points mm-hmm. and i answer the phone whenever you call whatever you need i'm here for your for your assistance yeah. i don't answer the phone for everybody and uh he's like i really appreciate that i was like i mean you you've earned it i mean i would not be here without hundreds of customers like him mm-hmm. that helped carry me to this point where i'm at now so i'm like hey i at least owe him the answer to the phone yeah it is what it is but it, it, it's different for everybody but you have to focus on what's important i've kind of like backed in like my appointments and what i schedule just because my kids are my kids are growing up, I want to spend more time with my kids, and I, I do want to work out, so I'm gonna have to scale back a little bit more and start focusing on my health a little bit more. But there's a lot of things that move and happen. And like I've seen my kids, 
like I started entrepreneurship when my when my daughter was born. So I've yeah. seen my kids. I've been an entrepreneur since my daughter turned she's turning six this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like it's just crazy to see how much has happened since I've been on this journey and how much I've grown internally as a whole. But it's just it's just interesting to see like the the what really drives me is like hey, there's a brighter future ahead. I know where I'm going. I know how I'm going to get there. It's just time. Um, time's on my side. If you could have dinner with anyone who's ever lived in history, who would it be and why? Where, where are you asking them? <laughs> dinner with somebody, man. This changes for me all the time. Sometimes it's Jesus. Sometimes it's King Tut. Sometimes it's Lao Tzu. I always, I, this one, this is, I, I, I think of like uh, Julius Caesar, like um, those, those like mighty conquerors that they controlled a large portion of the known world all at once like how do you coordinate and control that much people that many people not that i want to control people at all but like how do you organize that yeah. like what does that look like especially in that day and age without a cell phone yeah. like how do you keep people how to keep people in mind but like the <laughs> like the kangas cons i read <laughs> some fear <laughs> i read some crazy like one in every hundred men are direct descendants of kangas khan because he like took over so much of the world and had so many kids it's yep like, and those dudes' genes are still out here. Like that conqueror gene, these these people are probably, that's probably what BlackRock's leaders are. They These weird dudes with that gene, they just feel like they got to conquer and, and um, take care of many people. But you talked about impact, and that's what I want to do too. For me, it's the status and the impact. Like I want to inspire a billion people. What kind of impact do you want to leave? What do you want people to say about Daniel or about hive mind when all this is done I don't care what they say as a whole I just know that everybody can deep down say like hey that guy taught me something and I use that little sliver in my life yeah. so I don't necessarily want them to get like all my be the next Daniel Martinez like I don't want that I just want to pick up one thing that that can change your life and carry it with you forever because that that's that's all that's the true things that really impact generations because if i can impact an adult and he has kids and he teaches that trait to his kids and now it lives on for generations and no one even knows where it came from but it was something that dad taught me you know yeah. who knows yeah. all right tomorrow you woke up <laughs> money's gone everything's gone money's gone connections gone but you know everything that you still know today what steps do you take exactly to build your business back and be specific uh as possible take your knowledge and you go start raising money money is the is the fuel to the fire behind every business acquisition so you just start asking for money and it's like it's like the the beggar the beggar type like every time I, every time i say asking for money everybody's like oh he's a beggar he's a beggar he's like no, no i have the knowledge and information to produce an outcome with your capital mm -hmm. let me use your capital to accelerate it and amplify it and you just watch me work. Yeah. Without a vision, people perish. But without money, the vision perishes. So that's totally huge. That's totally huge. I wanted to ask you, when you, you know, started the Hive, and you're building all the businesses, doing the content, doing everything, what was it, or when was that moment when you knew I got something? Because a lot of times you jump in a business, you test, you scrap it. You jump in another business, you test, you scrap it. When did you know? Because when I first saw Hive Mind, I was like, damn, these dudes got a billion dollar 
CRM, this is crazy. It does, like it does everything. You don't even need all the other crap. You can go from website to everything right here. But when was it when you knew like, yo, we got something crazy? It, it changes a lot, man. Business ebbs and flows, man. There was a point where like, man, this is amazing. And then like, like it's not amazing anymore. <laughs> ups and downs. Ups it's ups and, downs, ups and downs of business. I don't even, I mean, I don't even, it's, it's one of those things where like you have to, uh, there's a, there's a video on Q, Ice Cube, Ice Cube said, he's like, if you're not willing to put over, if you're not willing to put five years into it without making a dollar, don't start it. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs, they want instant success. And there's entrepreneurs that get it. There is entrepreneurs that get instant success and more power to them, but it's not, it's not, that doesn't happen for everybody. It takes years of effort and work to get to where you want to be. And like, even me having this conversation, I've been doing this for six years. I've been doing this for six years. Like I started this when I was 25. I'm 31 now. I've been doing this for a long time. There's a lot of effort. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of hours that went into what you see here today and what you see in the future. There's a lot of hours that went into that. Yeah. So if you're not willing to put in the, the time and effort and consistency over years, don't start. Don't start. Don't do it. Don't start. The there's a there's an old there's an old folk tale, whatever is like don't don't count your success in years, count it in decades. That's huge. That's huge. Continuity. So how do you stay consistent? Because I got friends who are so good at speaking at this, but they can't stay consistent and I, you know, I talk my shit and I tell people I'm going to beat them and I'm going to beat them. And at the end of the day, the reason why I could beat you is because I have the strongest power known to man, which is attrition. I'm going to beat you through attrition. I'm going to do this every fucking day. Right. And you can't. And I know you can't. And I'm going to go to this gym every day. I'm going to do Legion every day. How do you stay consistent every single day like that? I, I like having my calendar semi-booked because I got to show up to work every day. I get phone calls every day, and like uh, my wife hates it. She hates it. She's like, "Why don't you take a day off?" I'm like the like, money, though. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it keep it keeps me on my toes. Like, if someone ain't calling me, I ain't got, I ain't making no money. money. So, I'm like, I, 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 it's like a love hate relationship, and I'm trying to do better with it. But I, I like, I like the activity of being active yeah. because it shows that there's action being happening. Like, if your phone ain't ringing. You got a big, you got a bigger problems. A deal rut. That's the only failure in business is a deal rut. And you're in a deal rut if you ain't on the phone, if you're not communicating, if you're not doing shit. Mm -hmm. So um, get get your phone ringing some way, shape, or form, and that keeps you active and it forces you to show up. It forces you to produce. It forces you to um, contribute because if you're not contributing, and I think you have to be active, man. You have to be active in everything, man. Um, you got to be doing something because. The, the, what, what kills people when they retire? Inactivity. Inactivity, Inactivity will kill you every time. And uh, I've seen it happen through older older family members. Inactivity kills you every time. So you got to stay active, even if you don't like it. You got to stay active. Yeah. And that means in health. That means in business. That means in everything. You got to stay active. This is a question I wanted to ask because this is what I'm struggling with right now is how do you create those systems to constantly lead in, constantly convert, constantly do reviews? How do you think about or go about setting up your SOPs so that it consistently gets done like like it needs to be done? I've gotten better over time and it was it's a, it's a, it's always a constant if it's it has to be a constant point in your business to efficiently 
track and efficiently grow your business. It's something you adjust every day. You adjust it every day. Like I get new ideas. I'm like, oh, I should do this and I should do this and I'm going to do this. Hey, I'll tell my team, hey, I need to do this. Can you guys do this and this for me? I get new ideas every day to make it better and new things are created. And like I didn't have that idea. I didn't have the idea two years ago when I started it. And it's just like, hey, boom, let's implement this. Let's implement this idea. Let's implement this. Hey, when that person responds to this, let's reply to this. Yeah. And it's just implementing and automating. Like I love, I love HiveMind as a whole because I have the ability to create systems in my business that are now established. Yeah. And now the only component that I have to stay on is the people part. Yeah. So if I build up a follow-up system in the, in the system, whether it's email or text or RVM or whatever, it's there and it just runs. There's no inefficiency. Now it's just managing the human human side of it. Yeah. So we've got a few more minutes. So I want to talk about ads real quick. Yep. Um, what can you say about ads, ad strategies? Um, ads are inbound, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you got have an ad guy. You spend, I don't know, t- upwards of 20, 30K ads a month putting ads out. But um, people who just want to know how can I implement ads and how does that work? Does it work? And is it hard? Kind of how do you think about it? Ads are the the growth formula to your business, just like capital is. Ads is the lead side of it. Yeah. So if your business is terrible and you, your phone ain't ringing, it's because you, you don't have enough marketing out there. No. And ads is the way. Ads is the way to do it. So think about this: McDonald's Super Bowl comes up. There's a McDonald's commercial. Yeah. You think McDonald's? They're on every street corner. They're on all this thing. Why do they? Why are they why still? still why? Why are they still doing ads? They're still. They're spending. Bit millions of dollars in ads for TV ads and Super Bowl ads and billboard ads and online ads. Why are they still doing it if they already have such a brand in the marketplace? Mm-hmm. Is because if they turn off the ads and they turn on ad spend, their their profitability and their income goes down yeah. every time, every time. So if you want to build a business, ads is the way to do it. Hormozy, I was talking about this. I read Hormozy's book. I did read Hormozy's book. Man. I did. That's Both one book. That's one book I read. Both of them. I haven't read the hundred million dollar leads yet, but I read the first one, hundred million dollar offers, and that was a book I read through and through. And the reason why is because when I do get the opportunity to read, I can see through the lines because I have a marketing brain. brain yeah, I have a marketing brain. So some some people, if they're a sales guy, they might see the sales side of in that book. They might see the marketing side of that book. They might see the leadership side of that book. I saw the marketing side of that book, and I knew what he did, even though he never mentioned it. Yeah. So the way Hermosi built the gym launch was all through ads. He found struggling gyms that did not have leads and he was the ads guy he came in through acquisition and like hey let me acquire and boost your business but i want equity yeah and that's how he did it he Genius. boosted their business through ads so you have the ability and i think um you're more of are you sales right i'm more of like just get you on the phone S- sales and management yeah. sales, sales- and management. Sales and management. So Roy here's sales and management. So he's leveraging his skill by sales and management to acquire businesses. So me, I'm marketing. So I'm going to leverage my marketing arm and systemization arm to leverage and acquire people's activity as a whole. And that's one of the things where you can really leverage your skill set and whatever that is that you might have built over time. Maybe you're you worked for a marketing company for ten years and now you become an entrepreneur and you start a marketing business. You now have ten years of experience that you learned on the job to grow a business in that niche because you have on-the-job experience that you can leverage. Yeah. Because that's firsthand knowledge. Yeah. You know, it's funny you talked about Hermosi because now that you have a certain set of knowledge, 
if you can systemizing your brain how you think about something, you can use AI to get it done right away. 100%. So there's a website called Snack Prompts. Again, that's Snack Prompts. And there's a Hormozy prompt in there where you just literally type in uh, your business, what you sell, and all of your targets. And then it spits out an offer with with everything you need based on his book. That's funny. Right? So love that. And um, there's some data nerd behind that that's probably that, that's monetizing doing that. all of that stuff, man. And it's <laughs> like, because at the end of the day with AI and with, with AI, you could do anything now. Like like how he said you want to lead in and call and now I can send a thousand emails a day like without even doing nothing. As we're sitting here, the damn AI system is sending out emails and then I just have to follow up. So there's really no excuses uh, nowadays. But be my question before my last question is... I, I got an update for you. We might, we might be able to help you with your AI follow-up. Working on that. Right. So it's not even you anymore. Go ahead. So now I don't even have to talk to the people when they email me back. Just AI could talk to them based on what... A, there it is. Well, there's my question. Is AI going to take over the world? Um, I think I think it will. I mean, I've... <laughs> not, 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 not take over... The, I not mean, the Terminator? Not the Terminator type AI. And I don't know if... And it might happen in our kids' generations, our grandkids' generations. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the future looks like. Technology has advanced from 99 to today has been insane. The last 24 years of my life, or the last 24 years of my life, I've Moore's seen. law. It's just, it's been, amplification has been insane. So I don't know what the next 20 years looks like, but I know there'll be more businesses leveraging AI because I feel like businesses are already leveraging, like me and you are already leveraging AI in the simplest form, but it's only going to get better. So I don't, I don't know. It's going to affect a lot of different businesses. I don't know to what aspect. Yeah. So maybe somebody would create it. Um, this is where I, I, I love businesses won't grow in people. They'll grow in how big, how much money can you grow with less people? Because mm -hmm. I think like Snapchat and even like OnlyFans, they have like sub 100 employees yeah. and they're making billions. Billions of dollars with sub 100 employees. So it's not going to be like the amplification of like how much money can you make with so little employees? Yeah. Systems, man. Um, the, quality of our, the quality of our life isn't based on the answers we have. It's based on the questions we ask. So what question didn't I ask you that you think could really help everyone and then answer that question? Ah, oh, that is a good, good. man. <laughs> I don't know. Because you don't know if you don't know. If you don't even know that you don't know, you don't even know what question to ask. Or what's a gym you could leave them with? Start a podcast. And we didn't even talk about this, but. Start, start a podcast. You're a media company. If you if you do business, you're a media company. Start a podcast. And I've learned so high with us podcast, high with us.com. Go check it out. Uh, I have 430 episodes up right now. But I've learned so much from my guest. It has made me smarter. It's made me think differently. You become friends with high level people. I've become friends with high level people. Um, I've invited them to speak at my event. We've had dinners and even more conversations beyond that there's so much leverage you get when you start a podcast and i've said this on my podcast the podcast was for me you listen to it i'm sorry like, that's my coaching session that's that's my coaching session and it's a one-on-one -on -one. you just you just on the fly on the wall i'm yeah. sorry so i've learned so much from podcasting it has been insane i've been doing it for two years now and I cannot tell you the th amount of things I've learned. And I, I don't think I would be here right now without podcasting, 100%. But guy charges 100000 for an hour for coaching. You get that for free if you have more. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Go start a podcast. I think that's the biggest gem that I've learned over the last two years. And that, like creative finance, I think, is a huge one. But I wouldn't learn creative finance if I didn't talk to people. So let's talk to people, learn what they know, uh, dig into conversations, ask great questions, and um, go produce content. Mm-hmm. Where can they find you, man? I'm Daniel Hivemind on all platforms. My business is HivemindCRM.io. I have the Hive With Us podcast, MillionDollarLandMastermind.com. I got a bunch of stuff. If you find me, just follow follow the white rabbit. That's good. And and you would help them find deals, right? Yeah, we'll help you find deals. Find find whatever, deals. whatever you need, I got you. That was really good, the white rabbit thing. I'm literally going to your website and looking for a white rabbit now. <laughs> well, me, me, me and Anthony make a joke about um, the, because Hive Mind is kind of like a scientific, sci-fi, uh-huh. uh, Star Trek-y type term. So we always equate it to the Matrix, which is follow the white rabbit. So um, if in the, all, it's just an analogy that if you follow the lead path that is presented in front of you, mm-hmm. you end up where you want to be. Yeah. And that's all the funnel is. So if you go down the funnel, you'll get in touch of something. And there's, it's, it's so crazy, too, because this is so funny because I have so many, like, leads that come in organically mm-hmm. because they follow the white rabbit. And the white rabbit is whatever they're looking for, yeah. but it, appear, it appears in front of them if they find it. Yeah. There it is. There. <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much, man. Thank you for your time. Uh, you guys, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the comic button, hit the share button, do all of that. Reach out to Daniel. Don't just sit here and listen to the podcast. Take action. Get his course. Get his free course. He literally has a $1 course to show you how to make hundred thousand, thousands of dollars, even a million dollars on a land deal, depending on that lead that you get. So take action. Don't bullshit. Thank you again for watching. Till next time, always remember to be yourself. Hey guys, so the HiveMind is launching a new program where we are, we're helping you work deals that are valued at $1 million and up. If your deal is worth $980,000, we don't want to take a look at it. You can submit those deals to us at submitbigland.com and we'll help you comp the deals. If it's good, we'll help you close it and we'll also help you fund it and sell it. Check us out, submitbigland.com, milliondollarmastermind.com and wholesaling million dollar land deals on Facebook. Thanks, guys.